everyone. Welcome to another episode of A Cowgirl and Her Horse. I'm your host, Katrina. Before we get started, I just wanted to ask you, could you please go to your podcast app of choice and subscribe, rate, and review the podcast? It just helps to get the podcast out to other listeners and will ensure that I'm able to continue making content just like this episode. You can also head over to Facebook or Instagram, whatever you choose, and search at a cowgirl and her horse. I post all sorts of horsey pictures, things I'm doing with my horses, that sort of thing. Now, with that out of the way, let's get to this week's episode, which is all about water consumption for horses, particularly in the wintertime. Last week, when I talked about feeding a hard keeper, I mentioned just briefly that making sure your horse constantly has access to water was extremely important. However, I wanted to do a bit more of a deep dive into that this week since it's really, really important to your horse's health. And I feel like it's not talked about or emphasized as much as it should be. I will get the phrase, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink out of the way right away. (laughs) Because I know that when talking about a subject like this, it would come up sooner or than later. But it's really true. I'm sure some of you know the frustration of Having a horse that won't drink when you are hauling to rodeos, it can be a horrible situation, particularly if your horse is being asked to perform and is sweating in the middle of a really warm summer. Why does it really matter? Well, water intake is really important for digestibility, as I noted last week, and helps to ensure things like colic and dehydration don't occur. So the average horse is going to drink somewhere between 5 and 10 gallons of water per day, or about a gallon per 100 pounds of body weight. If you have a broodmare that is producing milk, she's going to need closer to 20 gallons a day. Just like humans, this will differ from horse to horse, from season to season, and just depending on different scenarios. For example, the same horse will likely drink significantly more in the middle of summer after a hard, sweaty riding session than it will in the dead of winter when it's well below zero. And It doesn't take long for a horse to feel the impact of not having water. Just like humans, a horse can survive quite a long time with, um, with just food and no, or sorry, without food, but with water. But if you take away water, they will only be able to survive a few days at the most. 
changes in forage throughout the year are going to impact your horse's level of water consumption as well. In the summer, when a horse is eating grass, they can get water through eating grass because grass, um, in most circumstances, has some moisture in it. Um, Hay, in contrast, is extremely dry and horses are not going to be able to extract much, if any, moisture from that. So what does that mean? It means that counterintuitively, your horse may actually require more drinking water in the winter due to not getting any from their forage. So just some, that's something you definitely want to keep in mind. Um, a couple of things you can do in the wintertime are to soak your hay, which would provide your horse with additional water, which kind of a pain in the butt to be soaking hay especially if it's really cold like a where are you going to get water that's not frozen and b how are you going to keep that hay from not freezing before they eat it so the other option is to feed beet pulp which would be soaked right before you feed it Uh, I feed beet pulp in the winter to my horses or I've been feeding actually soy hulls now because there's a beet shortage here in Alberta It gets soaked with warm water prior to feeding, you know, for about 15 minutes or so. And then not only does my horse's water consumption go up because of that, but it's just a nice warm meal for them on cold winter mornings. You know, I get my oatmeal every morning, so I just, I don't know. It just makes me feel better that I'm feeding my horse something warm when it's minus 40 out. So dehydration. Dehydration in horses can be extremely scary and it can be brought on by a number of different things. The most obvious is the horse just doesn't have access to water. Beyond that, dehydration can be caused by things like stressful situations, strenuous activity, or bouts of diarrhea. It can also be brought on by an inadequate supply of electrolytes like sodium, chloride, and potassium. Um, For those of you who don't know, if you don't have the right balance of electrolytes, um, your body might not absorb the water properly and you might just pee it out. That's why things like Gatorade and whatnot have electrolytes in them. Um, So symptoms of dehydration would include an elevated heart rate, 28 to 40 beats per minute is normal. So anything above that um, is definitely cause for concern. You should know your horse's normal resting heart rate just in normal situations, just so you can identify when it's elevated. That's really important to know what's normal for your horse because it's going to vary. Um, Other symptoms of dehydration would be sunken or dull eyes, um, thick or excessive saliva, dry skin, lethargy, changes in their gum color, decreased skin elasticity, uh, drawn up flanks. If you go to the vet and had a blood sample drawn, you would have high levels of protein in the blood. 
So the more mild symptoms like decreased elasticity and changes in heartbeat can start to pop up once the horse becomes around 4 to 6% dehydrated. And then the more aggressive symptoms like the sunken eyes and the tucked up flanks usually start to occur around 8 to 10% dehydration. If it gets to that point, you need to call a vet ASAP and they're probably going to need to um, administer fluids to your horse. So you can do a skin pinch test and this is going to test the elasticity of your horse's skin. So you're going to pinch your horse's skin along the neck in front of the shoulder and then release it. The skin of your horse should immediately return back to where it was. If it doesn't and the ridge where you pinched remains there for more than a couple seconds, then your horse definitely could be dehydrated. The longer the skin stays in that ridge where you pinched, the more dehydrated your horse is. Um, You can actually do this test as well on yourself if you're wondering if you're drinking enough water, uh, which most of us don't. I'm pretty good. I always have a water bottle with me. Um, So put one hand flat on the table, palm side down, and you're going to pinch the skin of one of your knuckles. Um, And again, if your skin stays in a ridge where you pinched, uh, then it's definitely time to go have a drink of water. So for me, I pinch anywhere on my knuckle and it instantly goes down. Like it, I I can't keep a ridge on my hand at all. So I am well hydrated. So if you're not, go have a drink. I will give you a minute. Okay, and we're back. I will just say that this test isn't the be-all, end-all, but it's definitely a good indicator to start with if you aren't Um, if you aren't sure. You can also do a capillary refill test. This one might be a bit trickier if your horse is a little bit, I don't know, just sensitive or whatever you want to call it. You would flip their lip up um, and push into their lip on the, so it should be pink and you should be able to push. It'll um, turn white a little bit, but it should refill back to pink right away. Again, if it doesn't, that's definitely a sign of dehydration. So as I have said, your horse should always, always, always have access to water. I don't care what time of year it is. I don't care where you are. You know, you might not have access when you're hauling in a trailer, but every time you stop, your horse should have access. Um, Yeah. End of story your horse should have access to water. There's no reason that your horse should not have, especially at home, there's no reason to not have 24-7 water access for your horse. If your place where you're keeping your horse is not currently set up for that, then you need to do some jiggering around to make it that way. I went to um, our farm and ranch supply store. I bought uh, however many gallon um, water trough. I bought, um, a floating water heater, filled it up with water. I don't care if I needed to carry buckets or if I just needed to get a hose and run it to a hydrant. 
it's easy. It is not that expensive to be able to figure this out. If you're on the road, I know it's not always possible, but if you can, like I said, when you stop, you're offering your horse water. Um, once you get to your destination, before you do anything else, offer your horse some water. Some horses are picky about drinking water away from home. You know, it's just like us, you know, water from different sources tastes different. Sometimes away from home, horses are anxious, whatever it is. One trick that you can try if your horse is not drinking on the road is to flavor the water. So before you go anywhere, start flavoring your water at home. Some people use Gatorade or apple juice. I think some people might actually use like gelatin flavoring. I don't know. Just some sort of flavor um, so, and then get them accustomed to that at home with their regular water that they're used to drinking. And then once you get to an event, you're going to flavor the new water with the same flavoring. And hopefully that will get your horse to drink because it tastes kind of the same. It probably won't taste exactly the same because obviously you're not feet drink, not offering them straight Gatorade, but, um, Hopefully that helps. That's a very common trick to try. A big question that comes up in the winter time is whether or not a horse can just eat snow for its water requirements. I will just say if that was the case, I wouldn't be a complete basket case when my automatic waterer freezes. Um, you know, if they could eat, just eat snow, I really wouldn't care about having a waterer in the wintertime. If worse comes to worse, yes, I would say for short periods of time, horses can rely on snow. There was a study done on Icelandic horses where they went for nine days without water when their water source froze up. I'm assuming they were drinking from a river and it just got really cold and froze up for a bit. And the study showed that relying on snow wasn't detrimental to the animals. It wasn't detrimental, but that doesn't mean it was optimal either. You know, these horses were just out there trying to survive. So we're trying to keep our horses optimal. We're not just trying to make sure they barely get by. So, first off, in order to meet their water requirements, horses would need to eat like 10 times more snow just to get enough water. That's a lot of snow. Um, and there's, I highly doubt a horse is going to spend time eating that much snow. Um, and as I'll talk about a little bit later, horses prefer lukewarm water. So, the idea that they're going to eat frozen snow to get their water intake is highly unlikely. Um, so, you know, when water or when it's cooler uh, than lukewarm, your water, water consumption goes down. So what makes you think that they're going to eat snow in that large of quantities? They're just not. Your horse is going to get dehydrated if you are relying on them to eat snow. 
Secondly, eating snow requires the horse to use their body heat to melt the snow. And if it's super cold out, this is going to drop a horse's internal temperature and they're going to get chilled, which is the worst thing that you want to happen. Especially if you've had some of the weather where we've had where the highs were like minus 35 Celsius during the day and dipping below minus 40 at night. If you get a horse that's chilled, you have a bad situation on your hands. So, um, yeah, like I said, keep water in front of your horse. Don't expect them to eat snow. Some people are leery about providing their horses with as much water as they want after intense bouts of exercise because they're scared that the horse is going to drink too much and cause an issue like colic. So I just wanted to touch on this a little bit because it is a myth. Research tends to suggest that it's not the case and that withholding water from a hot horse can actually cause more harm than good. Water, as I discussed, is actually critical to preventing colic, not causing it. So if you're taking water away, you're actually increasing your horse's chances of colicking. Additionally, when a horse is performing, just like in humans, digestion basically stops because the body's diverting blood flow away from the digestive tract to the muscles that are working. A slowdown in digestion puts a horse at increased risk for colic. So given those facts, it seems really silly that people would even consider taking water and or food away from a horse after exercise. The best thing that you can do for your horse is to actually give them as much water as they want after exercise. Horses will self-regulate. They're not they're not going to overdrink. If at all possible, I would actually recommend allowing your horse to take sips during rest points throughout your ride if you're um riding for a significant period of time just to prevent them from getting dehydrated and overheated. And then once you're done riding, in addition to following through with a proper cool-down routine, make sure to provide your horse with clean water. Another thing I wanted to touch on is cleanliness of your water. I remember growing up that we watered our horses with a huge steel tank that we used to water our cattle with. It was massive. And I doubt that it had ever been cleaned since it was put there. As a result, it had quite a bit of algae in it. As a young girl, I didn't really know if that was a problem or not. It was just how it was. Today, you will never see my horses drinking out of a dirty trough. Uh, you know, you wouldn't drink out of a dirty glass or drink nasty water, and your sh horse shouldn't have to either. 
There are a few strategies that you can use to keep your horse's water source clean. In my small water trough, I allow my horses to drink. So there's maybe a third or a quarter of the water left in the bottom. At that point, I dump out the remaining water. I then sprinkle the trough with some baking soda. I have a scrubbing brush that I then use to remove any algae or dirt that is accumulating. Once I rinse it out, it's good to go. And if you asked me to, I would drink from it. Yes, it is that clean. Some people opt to buy goldfish for their troughs because they will keep the algae growth at bay. Fish are a good idea when it is warmer out, but in a lot of areas of Canada and the United States, it's going to be too cold in the wintertime for them to survive, which means that you're going to need to move them somewhere warmer during those times. Um, in the case of the huge steel tank, that probably would have been a good option just because, you know, dumping out the water and, you know, cleaning it is kind of difficult. You can also add a drop or two of bleach to help with algae. Uh, bleach has chlorine, which helps to sanitize the water. However, keep in mind that if your water source is in the sun, the chlorine is going to evaporate you know, within a day or so, and it's no longer going to be effective. You also have to remember that horses are picky about water. If they're not used to chlorine, they're probably not going to drink it. Oh, and just, <laughs> just so no one makes this mistake, remember that if you have fish in your water trough, do not also add bleach. You will be sending Nemo right down the toilet <laughs> if you do that. So do not do that. Uh, cleaning an you know, automatic water will take a bit more work. If you just Google it, you'll find several YouTube videos. In addition, most manufacturers have detailed instructions on their websites for how to clean the specific water that you might have. Uh, just remember to use animal-safe cleaning products and that all soap and whatever else you might be using is completely rinsed away once you're done. Because, like I said, well, you don't want to poison your horse. And they're also picky about taste, as we've established. So, Temperature also plays a part in how much your horse is going to drink. In general, the ideal temperature, and we're going to get real specific here, the ideal temperature of water for your horses is between 45 and 65 degrees Fahrenheit, which is about 7 to 18 degrees Celsius. Anything outside of this range will likely result in your horse not drinking as much as they would had they would have had the water been within that range. So um, you try to keep it within that. I know it's going to be tough, you know, whether it's super hot outside or super cold outside, but do your best, you know, and just think about yourself. Would you want to suck on a popsicle standing out when it's 30 below? I doubt it. 
And you likely wouldn't want to drink a hot cup of tea on in the middle of a heat wave. So I know it's easier said than done to manage water, water temperature. Um, but there's a few strategies. In the summer, you can keep the water out of the sun. Keep it in the shade. Uh, for an automatic water, it may not matter as much because the water is going to get regularly pumped and will likely be cooler coming up from down below in the ground. In the winter, obviously, things are going to be a little bit trickier. Depending on how cold it gets where you live will depend on what you need to do in order to keep your water warm. If it doesn't get too cold, you can simply put your trough where it's going to get the most sun exposure, such as on the south side of a building, assuming you live in the northern hemisphere. Um, you can insulate your trough with things like styrofoam or foil covered insulation. A good trick that I found out about is you can buy two troughs. So one's going to be smaller and it's going to fit inside the other trough with a gap uh, in between them. So you're going to put insulation in the bottom of the bigger trough, put the smaller trough in, and then put insulation around the smaller trough between the bigger trough. So you kind of nestle the smaller trough. Um, and then you're going to fill that smaller trough with water. You can fill any gaps in the insulation with spray foam insulation. And then you can also insulate the top, leaving just enough room for the horses to drink. And again, putting the trough in a sunny spot. According to what I've read, this method is good to about minus 10 Fahrenheit or about tw minus 23 Celsius. For where I live, this still is not going to be good enough where temperatures get to minus 40. So another option, you can actually bur bury your trough in the ground. Just keep in mind, you're going to need to do this before the ground freezes. <laughs> the ground kind of acts like an insulator for the trough. I'm not sure what temperature this is going to be good to, but it's definitely something to consider. For my trough this year, as I said, I have used a float water heater in just a regular water trough, and it has worked perfectly. I had, um, it has, the entire trough has stayed thawed so far, even when it was minus 40. Um, if you decide to go with a heater, just be sure to install it properly. Keep cables and cords out of the way of your horse's reach and make sure that no connections are near the water. The last thing you want to do is electrocute your horse. That's definitely a good way to deter them from drinking. <laughs> oh, which reminds me, if you have an automatic water and your horses do not seem to be drinking from it, be sure that it is working properly. If there is an issue with the water, your horses could actually be getting zapped every time that they try to drink. So just something to be aware of. And hopefully if that answers some of your winter watering questions, at the end of the day, it's pretty simple. 
provide 24-7 access to clean, lukewarm water. If you do that, your chances of things like colic and dehydration will significantly go down and will help to ensure that your horse makes it through the winter in the best shape possible. All right, everyone, that's it for this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed what you heard and got some value out of the podcast today. If you did, I'd love if you would subscribe, rate, and review the podcast wherever you listen. Also be sure to check out A Cowgirl and Her Horse on Facebook and Instagram. You can also head over to anchor.fm to leave a voice memo. Ask a question, leave a comment, or just say hello. Lastly, be sure to check out acowgirlandherhorse.com slash deals for all sorts of exclusive offers and to get 10% off your entire order at horse.com. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, it's always a good day to ride.